0: Hello, and welcome back to the Brew Theology podcast. This is part two of our discussion with Dr. Candy Can. We'll be jumping back into our talk about death and grief rituals, and we hope you enjoy it. If you'd like to learn more about brew theology, you can find us at brewtheology.org, at brew Theology on Instagram and Facebook, and at brew underscore theology on Twitter. I hope you enjoy the conversation. Please like and share. Thanks so much our American kind of evangelical, I can't think of the right word, Maloo maybe, um, that keeps us from practicing these kind of continuing bonds. I mean, I think where I grew up, I would have seen this as spooky or weird or, you know, just like that's all taken care of when we get to the end. So why would we try to, you know, it seems like you're trying to like talk to them or get power from them. And that would just be a no-go, uh, in my, from where I came from.
1: Yeah. So I will say, you know, the traditional Protestant theology you are one and done, right? So yep. you, you die and you're supposed to be with God. So they shouldn't be hanging out and visiting you. But I I also think it's interesting because that doesn't mean we don't have ghost stories. So we have ghost mm-hmm. stories littering the landscape of popular culture and, a lot of protestant people will talk about these ghost stories so i mean i i think and the ghost stories i think are kind of emblematic of anxieties right social anxieties and kind of city anxiety so i i think ghost stories are very interesting as well but i think the real question here is can you be a christian and still practice this mode of continuing bonds and i would say yes why not um because you're not worshiping uh the dead person you're simply honoring them and remembering them and saying hey I miss you this christmas so i'm going to leave space for you because of all the things that i wish uh were here this christmas it's you and so by leaving mm-hmm. that space open then you've honored their memory you've honored their presence so i think continuing bonds can be interpreted in whatever religious way that one needs it to be interpreted. It's really about maintaining their presence through absence. So in other words, not getting over the person's death, but allowing the space of their absence through presence in your life. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: It's also why like the ghost bike movement when people bikers have been killed by motorists um there's a new movement it's not that new it's about 10 years old 20 years old um there's a movement where uh bicyclists will get together and purchase a secondhand bike and then spray paint it white and they'll adorn it with flowers and put the name of the person who died there's a couple here in waco um and they'll put the ghost bike there so part of it is like it's remembrance it's honoring that Person. And part yeah. of it there with the ghost bike movement is partly a political statement, right? To motorists that you guys need to remember that there are people on bikes, and that we need to give them, share the road with them, and give them space. But I, I do think that all of this is part of continuing bonds. It's 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 recognizing their presence and their absence.
0: Yeah, I, I think it's
2: it is critical for. Uh, in any stage of grief, sorry about that thunder. As you're hearing this on the recording, it's thundering in Waco. I'm sure. Uh, did, that, did that pick up?
0: Yeah, I think so.
1: <laughs> yeah, I hear my lights were flickering. Did you see it? I was like, uh-oh. Speaking
2: of speaking of the in between world.
1: <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so, but I'm, I'm I'm going back to even so my childhood and just background of, of being you know back here in Texas, Central Texas, evangelical culture and just sort of the, the traditions here um, everything from you know king king Saul went to the witch in the old testament and he brought up you know the, the old prophet and that was a no go like don't don't ever do that don't don't talk to the dead you know don't 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 test the spirits there's all kinds of things that, that we've been taught growing up so because of that that's almost been like a, a major wall our entire upbringing in our life even through it as an adult, when I began to talk to some of my dead friends out loud as if they were there, there was still part of me that just felt oh, weird about it because I, I think so much of my background was just told, just don't do it. Um, but, and it was you, you, based on, on biblical sources that people would put in, in the way. And per, so perhaps, you know, is, is there a way to make people more comfortable with that process so they don't feel like they're conjuring up the dead and they're doing some New Orleans voodoo or, you know, because people get weird about that. Uh, you, and you, you've you been here long enough. You know how it is around here.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, I think that's the issue, right? I mean, when Protestantism has this one-and-done theology, then it becomes very difficult. Um, I think for Protestants, it has to be about remembering the dead in such a way that they honor them without usurping God's place and primacy, right? So that's really all you have to do. Um, But God created this person, God put them in your life, and God gave you a lesson to learn by uh, having you be in relationship with that person. And remembering that and honoring that, I think, is just part of valuing God's story for you.
2: Yeah. One of the things I did when one of my friends, and Janelle Janelle remembers Herb, he passed away, gosh, Mm -hmm. it's been over five years now. And I would text him for years. Um, I eventually stopped over time, but it was when we would we got together, some of uh, his old friends, and, and uh, his his wife would allow us to kind of have this space to talk about our experiences. And she did a really really good job uh, creating that space for his his friends too. And and I I said that out loud. I go, this is going to sound weird, guys, but I still text. him. <laughs> Nobody has the number yet. Uh, but I, I eventually stopped. Uh, but I, I found that oh, to be oh, comfortable where I, I could feel his presence. You
1: froze for like a good minute. I yeah.
2: was in the middle of a story. Did
1: I? You were talking yeah, about how you still texted him. And you told your friends you still texted him. That's where you were.
2: Okay. So I was I was texting Herb, and, and I remember feeling at one point that okay, it was time that that, that period would you know was over, and that but it helped me in whatever stages I was in of sending out these texts. But recently, and, and I don't think I even, t- I don't think I told you this, Janelle, but I, I felt his presence one night and I woke up and it was almost like a, a, a hand on my chest, not in a hurtful or just like, it's okay. Yeah. And then it was gone. And I was like, Oh, I was dreaming. That was weird. But it felt very real. And I don't know what that was, but for whatever reason it was, um, maybe i had I, because i had stopped texting i, I don't know <laughs>
0: <laughs> i think it's interesting though because i think you know if we had felt that kind of thing you know 15 years ago we would have freaked out about it being demonic or something like that and I, that's so damaging but i i think it's awesome that you have had that been able to have that kind of ongoing relationship and then some resolution some some movement through some stages i think that's something beautiful
2: yeah um but i don't think yeah we wouldn't have been allowed to to do that or Mm. felt felt the empowerment to do a silly thing like texting and whatnot but the presence is interesting there's candy there's somebody in the in the waco community here that is a, a jewish practicing quasi um, medium, which is interesting. That, that sounds like a, a major contradicting paradox in of itself. And so I asked this person and I'll, if you, you know, when you come back at the pub, I'll introduce you to this person and, and she's saying, yeah, usually these people just kind of want to just, just say, Hey, you know, and be very, it was very gentle and it's nothing, nothing scary or weird, or like Janelle, you had mentioned the demonic stuff. Like, no, it's, it's she's like, it's none of that. There, there's nothing weird. It's just, it's all good. I'm okay. Just yeah. Checking I in.
1: love that. I think it's great. Like, And I will say that it's the one thing I really like about social media, because before people would go to the grave and talk, but now people do things like what you're doing, Ryan. They text, right? They send text or... I remember after my mom died I would call the voice uh the answering machine it was just during the era of answering machines and I would call and listen to her voice and I would just pray that my stepdad wouldn't answer because <laughs> I wanted to hear her I wasn't calling to say anything or talk to anyone I just just wanted yeah. to hear her voice and uh yeah so I feel like one of the cool things about technology is is now we're kind of seeing other people do that and honestly i think people have been doing this for a long long time we're just now being able to see that
0: yeah
2: for good or for bad we we have more information about ourselves out there because of technology
1: yeah absolutely our,
2: our uh you know ancestors will have access to our facebook pages and our instagram and our youtube and like I said, for good or for bad, our our phones, <laughs> pictures, and right. yeah. So, that's a uh, yeah. I, th- I think so. T- yeah, technology is uh, is definitely a huge part of this. And um, so, I'm I'm curious. So, so when it comes to religion, and we've we've been kind of going back and forth with with specifically Christianity, you know, and and Buddhism as well. But what does what does healthy grief look like? Um, that you've seen within all the different i mean this this could take a long time so maybe just a few examples of christianity evangelicalism uh, mainline and then maybe different versions of judaism islam hinduism buddhism and you you've kind of touched on some of that with with buddhism but and then obviously we have a lot of listeners that are agnostic or atheist and so they'd probably be down for whatever as long as it's not too religious <laughs>
1: One of the biggest differences, I think, is that other faiths have like built-in um, memorialization rituals and built-in uh, holidays that center around memorialization or remembrance. You know, we one of the biggest kind of most interesting things to me is our culture. We have All Hallows Eve, right? So traditionally, this is the mass for the dead and we have turned it into halloween a holiday for children and that's absolutely indicative of what our culture has done right so we're age denying we're death denying and now we're going to turn it into a holiday about sweet sweetening the the holiday right a holiday about children um so we don't really have this place here, these kind of annual remembrance rituals. But in the Catholic Church, you still have the Mass of the Dead and All Hallows' Eve and All Saints' Eve. So um, you, you you have these kind of traditions. Um, in Buddhism, it depends on the culture because there's so many different Buddhist cultures, but almost all of them have some kind of um, celebration for the dead. A tomb-sweeping holiday in China, for example, is called Qingming. And... It's traditional for families to come together for a week or two. You make cold foods because you don't traditionally cook, so that you can travel to the tomb, you clean up the tomb, you make offerings at the tomb, and then you eat these cold foods. You make, you know, wine offerings and food offerings, you burn incense and you burn spirit money for the dead and their afterlife. Um, in Japan, for example, Did they have the bon dance, you which you is advanced.
2: sorry. Did you say you burn spirit money did i hear that
1: yeah that's that's the spirit money so in in china the afterlife replicates this life so you need everything you would need in this life so you need clothes you need an ipad you need an iphone you need a car you need a house you need money so there's actually entire streets um in different chinese towns and they're called paper goods stores or paper stores where you can buy like a cardboard house and you can buy stacks of spirit money and you can buy paper clothes and you can even buy like paper tigers that will be burned to protect them so that like the hungry ghosts don't get them and they'll walk around with their tigers and yeah there's there's some really fun stuff. I that sounds appearing I vote uh, for Let's Go China. Um I wrote the very first edition of the Let's Go China and like 2000. So I went over in 1999 and I, I was in this town. And I happened, this town was famous for its paper goods. And it was an entire street where they made like afterlife homes. And it was like the coolest thing I've ever seen. I was just like, wow, this is great.
0: That sounds very Egyptian in some ways. I, I've just watched a bunch of stuff on National Geographic about the tombs and preparation, all of that. That sounds so similar like there's so
1: many cultures where the afterlife just looks like this one
0: wow wow
1: right so it's just a different it's like the next level you're just in the spirit world so but it's also why those cultures tend to really emphasize having children and particularly male children right because you need to carry on the lineage you need to have children in order to make offerings you were bringing this up earlier janelle about what do you do If you don't have children. So in these cultures, you really need children. So marriage becomes very important. That's why marriage is often a family affair rather than an individual affair. Mm -hmm. Um, And children become important because they're the ones who make the offerings for you after you die. If you don't have children, there's no one there to make the offerings for you. Right? So it's really interesting. I mean, the afterlife informs this life in so many ways. Yeah, It's Uh, it's like of The egg question, though, which came first?
2: What's as it was it uh, Miguel in Coco, the is, was that his name Miguel? Uh, was yeah, it, was I think. So. Or, and then he, was it he- Hector? And for those that haven't seen the movie, I'm sorry, it's been a long time, but uh, you've had time to watch it. Hector was the dad that was being forgotten, or the the the, the patriarch. Yeah. So.
1: Yeah, and I love that because it talks about the importance of visuals, right? And and I like. I like that aspect, although it was really interesting because it was all about photographs too, right? So it's also very much a contemporary film because what did you do before photography? Like would that movie, you know what I mean? Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, no, I love that, um, how you need to be remembered. And in order to be remembered, someone has to be living in order to remember you, right? Yeah.
2: I cry every time Remember Me comes on. We watch it every year.
1: I love that (laughs) song.
2: My my kids look at me like, What are you? Why are you getting all misty? I said, Someday you'll realize. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I
1: love it. Yeah. So, the way they solved the not having children issue in China is you were to adopt a son. Ah. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) So you would actually adopt a son, and then he, in return, would promise to honor you after you died and to keep the ancestral rites.
0: Interesting. um,
2: I'm going to ask you some personal questions, if that's okay.
1: Okay, I might not answer them.
2: (laughs) Well, since this was your question to our group uh, a couple months ago, I have to ask you. So you said if you had one hour left to live and you had an opportunity to call a handful of people in your life, who would you call and what would you say to them? That's a very personal question. And you yeah, asked. Yeah, it was us, a
1: good uh, way to, to get us question. all talking, right? <laughs> I would call my daughter and uh just tell her I loved her. I since she was born, I've written her a letter every year and um just cause I I want her to know like how much I love her and how much I've just found so much joy like watching her grow up and it's just been so fun um yeah so that would be the the main person everybody else I call after but she she would be the one I would call just to and kids are so funny right like they always worry and have these weird guilt things about random stuff so I would just want to make sure that you know. And and I also like would probably tell her where all the stuff was. I'd be like, okay, here's the passwords on the computer, and and here's where the will is, and here's where you can find your health record. I probably waste like way too much of it on practical things.
2: <laughs> yeah, on uh, yeah on on a little soapbox for right now, I think it's important for all of us to to really get our affairs in order, and and
0: yeah,
2: others know about that. I'm that's something I've been thinking about lately. Um, I had my my uncle passed a couple weeks ago, and that was the last funeral I was at. You're
1: who passed? My memory? uncle. Oh, I'm so sorry.
2: Um, oh, oh it, it's thanks. It's um, yeah. So I, th- I think about my aunt, and my cousins a lot these days. But it just it got me thinking more about I n- I need to figure things out. And so those who are listening, I think it's important that as we're talking about grief, like the practical stuff is is just as important too in this. So uh, Janelle, what about you?
0: I'm, you gonna, I'm gonna
2: take that turn.
0: Yeah, I'm gonna make somebody mad because I'm gonna forget them. Um, wow. I mean, obviously, I think I would call my parents and my brother um, because they're, you know, they're still here, and if that was happening now, I'd want to tell them I love them and thank them for being in my life and all of that. Um, you know, Baird's usually here, so I wouldn't have to call him, so... <laughs> um but then i think i mean ryan you would be on the list my friend julie would be on the list nina um, probably some other as much as i had time for um because those connections are really important i think especially with covid and just i because i'm stuck at home um, making sure people knew that i i love them and i think about them you know would be important
2: was it i think it was martin luther probably a lot of other people said this to to remember your mortality on a daily basis and yet that's the one thing that we like you said earlier we don't talk about it yeah it does get you back to the things that, that matter and the people that matter and the things that you're grateful for and what you love about people um but we just i guess we don't like to be vulnerable that could be what it comes down to
0: yeah
2: so this is-
1: would you but- tell anyone if you were like because I always think, like, if I got cancer or something, I'm not sure I'd want to tell people. Because it'd be so annoying to like have to watch their pity and like.
2: Yeah, yeah, I've, I've, well, gosh, I've dealt with so many. I'm sure we all dealt with so many friends who've had cancer, and it's oh f cancer. Oh,
0: yeah, right. And a lot,
2: a lot of people, they at first they don't want to because they're like, people will treat you differently. Um, but then it has to. You have to it has to come out there, and you have to let people love on you in the way that which the only way is they know they know how so
1: (laughs) i just want to be treated like i'm living until i die i guess that's my like Mm, yeah people start treating you like you're dying or dead once they know and it's annoying
2: they do they they, even like there's some coddling that's kind of weird too in that yeah i'm still good I i can still you know make dinner and wash my hair and all these things.
0: <laughs> I wonder if that comes out of the fact though that we don't deal with this. And so when we're if we're confronted with the potentiality of someone being very sick, um you know, we don't know what to do because we don't talk about what life is like afterwards and we don't process those emotions. So Brian
1: yeah, Ryan I, I want to challenge call? You guys, Janelle and Ryan, I think you guys should make a song. We don't talk about death instead of, we don't talk about burnout. Do you guys do songs on the podcast? That'd be fun. We
2: haven't yet. But one of the things that we love, uh, karaoke. This is true. So if somebody came up with a song, I would totally karaoke it.
0: And then we could silent disco to it.
2: In oh, fact, yeah. Last week, I was at Brotherwell Brewing, and I was with a buddy of mine kind of closing down and. The staff there at Brotherwell was doing karaoke as they were closing shop. And I was like, oh, man, I wish I could just hang around. And they looked at me and they go, hey, do you want to sing before you go? I was like, yes, get me on that stage. <laughs> That's <laughs> awesome. I love it. I would probably want to karaoke with my daughters at the end. They would like, we. I mean, having two little girls around the house, I realize that these years are very short. And some of the silly things that we do and sing and watching them dance, like, we have our own theater in the in the living room before they go to bed every night. But um, yeah, flies by.
1: It does fly by so fast.
2: Speaking of flying by, this time flew by.
0: I know, but you haven't answered who you would call. <laughs> yeah, well, go Ryan. Who would you would
1: call?
2: call? Well, obviously, you know, your you got your spouse and your kids right here, but that's that they're gonna be here. Um, my two best friends. We talk every day. One's in Germany and one's in Martindale down the road. So they would be on that list. And, um, and I realized wherever I've I've gone, it, we've moved around so much. So, you know, you know, you would have to tell everybody in Denver. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> um, hey, Ryan, Ryan loves you. <laughs> 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 now that it's out there, do they know they're listening? No, I, I, I love them all. I, Denver was a, has a very special place in my heart. I feel like that's, that's always going to be home. And we spent 10 years of our marriage in Denver, Lauren and I did, and before kids and then after kids. So, um, yeah, there's people in San Antonio that we lived in, and uh, gosh, fa- family, Austin, You only get one
1: there. hour, Ryan. I know,
2: that's my problem. <laughs> I, like, I like to, I, I'm a community guy, and I love family and friends, and so it'd be tough. That would be hard. I, if
0: Austin, anyone I'm, could fit 60 people in an hour, it would be Ryan. <laughs>
1: You're like, sorry, I don't want to waste your your minute. Your minute's up.
0: Yeah. I mean, u- ultimately,
2: though, I'd probably just want to spend that time, not on the phone, but with Lauren, Caroline, Anna, and then my, you know, my family in Austin, Dallas, just come on by and, you know, they, they, they would know, like, okay, let's give give him time with his daughters again kind of thing. But, I mean, my since my uncle just went through this, my... I think it was, yep, because my, my mom and her sister um, are best friends, and she did give them that space and that time as a family at the very end, and, and um, it was interesting, because I'm like, what, well, are you going to go up there, are you not, and so that was a decision she made based on, like, well, let's look at the immediate family, and then she went after and was spent that time with her sister, so knowing knowing the boundaries, I think people around you will know those boundaries, too, but. Yeah, this, this, sounds, this, this is morbid, and this is, it's not depressing, though. and I think that's one of the things that I've enjoyed about this, Candy, is that you brought life to death, and, and this is a part of the story, the Christian story of, of my background, at least, that I could say and some of our listeners out there, I and mean, this is part of the Easter story, that uh, regardless of what you think about the resurrection and all that, I mean, there is death, death doesn't have the last word, you know? Um, that's a beautiful thing. It doesn't have to. Yeah. So thank you for your time.
0: Yes, this has been awesome.
1: Yeah, I've enjoyed it, and you know, Ryan, you made me think about. I love the Holy Saturday service and the Good Friday service because you know, without really contemplating the meaning of the death of Christ, you really don't understand the meaning of the resurrection. So you have to get that right.
0: Yeah. So I
1: really, I mean, for me as a Christian, it's it's kind of I see it as my duty, because how can I live in Christ if I haven't first lived in death, right? And and th- that's what I'm doing.
0: Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Brew Theology Podcast and the final part of our conversation with Dr. Candy Can. If you'd like to know more about Brew Theology, you can find us at brewtheology.org, at brewtheology on Facebook and Instagram, and at brew underscore theology on Twitter. Please make sure to check out the new chapters that are blossoming up around the country. If there's not one near you, let us know, and we'll help you get one started. Thanks so much for listening. Cheers.